This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome into your Missouri Valley Football First and Gold podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and today we have a special in-person guest, a former college football coach turned Youngstown State President, Jim Tressel. President Tressel, thank you so much for making the time to join me today on this busy homecoming weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun weekend. I wish we had a little bit better weather, but we've had great weather leading up to today, and we'll just have to, that's why we call it the Ice Castle. Well, let's start with serious stuff. This morning, trying to set a new Guinness Book of World Records, the biggest gathering for people dressed as penguins. How does that really capture the spirit of Youngstown State? Yeah, we did. The record, I think, was 624, and we had 972. And uh, people are very proud of who they are. They're proud of their mascot. They're, they have fun with one another. And, and uh, they've been talking about this for a year. Um, and I don't even know who came up with the idea. Uh, someone had seen the record was 624 and they said, heck, we can do better than that. And uh, so they went about it and did it. You could have done a lot of things after you left Ohio State and the University of Akron. What was so appealing about the Youngstown State President job? Well, you know, timing is everything. Um, and they were having a transition uh, in their presidency at a time that uh, our president at the University of Akron was retiring. And so the timing just ended up right. And obviously I knew a lot of people here and had a lot of fond memories and had spent 15 years. My kids went K through 12 here. So my kids feel like they're from Youngstown. Um, and so it just seemed a natural and, and we, I knew the good people, you know, and, and what life's about is being with good people. I used to tell my coaches all the time, it's not where you coach, it's with whom. And uh, I knew I would be working with good folks. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. When you took the president's job at Youngstown State back in May of 2014, what were some of the biggest challenges and how do you feel like you've now addressed a lot of those issues? We had been through a tough three or four years, a lot of transition. Uh, they'd been through three presidents in the four years and I was gonna be the fourth in a four year period. Uh, and so whenever there's transition and leadership and you know, all of us genius presidents come in with our own ideas and people have to adjust and, you know, and those kinds of things. So we'd been through some tough adjustments. We'd been through a change in state funding where for years and years and years it was what's your enrollment and you'll be funded according to that. Then it was what's your completion graduation rate, you'll get funded. And that was different, especially for an urban school, an access school. So that was a challenge they'd never faced before. Um, and I think anytime you're going through a lot of those things, they were on a little bit of a decline from an enrollment standpoint, decline in revenue, that affects people's compensation, you know, all those things swirling. Um, so it was good timing such that you could come in and try to be a steadying influence and, and, and try to help people through tough times. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun trying to do so. You're a legendary recruiter. How is recruiting students different than recruiting football student athletes? Well, it's just more of them, you know, so we used to recruit maybe 28 guys and hope to sign 20 of them. And uh, 
you know, now we're recruiting thousands of, and hoping to sign as many as we can. And that's, but it's a lot of fun. It's no different. You sit down with a family and you talk about, uh, you know, how can they reach their dreams? You know, how can they afford it? You know, what's the possibilities in the programs and why here? You know, and all those things. And, and so it's really no different. It's just so many more. I know you have no plans of returning to coaching again, but do you ever miss the day-to-day -day aspects of football? And when you're in the president's suite during games, do you ever want to put on your coaching hat? No, not really. You know, I know that coaching happens all week. You know, the fan thinks the game happens on the day of the game. And you know, I know the, you know, the decisions are made way before the game starts. Now there are some decisions you make in the course of a game, but not near as many as you make all week long. And uh, so, you know, I've never found myself wondering, oh, why isn't so-and-so in there or why aren't they doing this or that? Because who knows, maybe they tried this or that in practice and it didn't look very good. Or so-and-so, you know, uh, wasn't progressing in practice. So, uh, and really with the number of people we have up in our suite and so forth, and, uh, you know, you spend, you're spending time with people, uh, you know, they're visiting and, and a lot of them are, are very helpful to the university and, and they just want a little bit of time with you. So I don't get to really watch the flow of the game. And I always enjoyed the flow and the chess match and all those kinds of things. But when you're only watching a play here and a play there, uh, you know, I don't uh, very often uh, start having a whole bunch of opinions. You were part of four national championship teams here at Youngstown State. What stands out about those teams, about that run, and about your early years and first stint at Youngstown? You know, it was an exciting time. It was a difficult time. You know, as you, when you asked about what's been fun about now, well, the challenge. Well, when we came here back in the 80s, that was shortly after the steel mills had closed down and the confidence of the entire region had been shaken. You know, their self-image had been affected a little bit. And, and so it was a lot of fun trying to create that sense of confidence in something, that joy, that, hey, we are okay. Uh, so it was so much fun watching the way that the entire region uh, just, it buoyed them up uh, amidst, you know, some of the, the real life struggles they were having. And, and so that run was a lot of fun just because there was its effect on so many way beyond just those of us on the team or the staff. So that was, that was the best part of it. And a couple of weeks ago, you were able to see two of your teams at a reunion at the football game. And I had a chance to be on the sideline and witness them all coming up and giving you hugs. What was that like? Yeah, you know, it's amazing how fast time goes. Uh, to think, you know, the 92 team, that was 25 years ago, and the 97 team, that was 20 years ago. I mean, these guys are, you know, shoot, they're halfway through their careers and, and you know they've got their families and they've got their lives and it's just good to see them with smiles on their faces and good to see you know what they've gone on and done and and good to hear them talk about what impact Youngstown State made on their future and the lessons they learned on campus and on the team and and uh, you know that's what it's all about people always ask what was your best victory or what was your best this or that the best thing you have as a coach is to watch your your student athletes go on and do you know, things in the next chapters of their lives. What's impressed you about Coach Polini and how he's revived the football program? You know, he, he's got a really steady uh, hand. Uh, sometimes on game day, it looks like he's a little bit wild and crazy. Uh, 
but you know the other 165 hours of the week, uh, he's kind of a laid-back teacher. I haven't been to too many practices, you know, maybe one or two since he's been here. Uh, but as I listen, his his practices are instructional. Uh, I run into players on campus. I don't know too many of their names and so forth. Uh, but you know, you bump into them. How's it going? You know, everything good and. You can tell they feel cared for. Uh, you can tell they feel expectations, that, they, that there are high expectations for them on the field and off the field. Um, so, you know, I've been impressed with his relationships with the kids. And, and, you know, this is a tough league. You know, I mean, for you know anyone to think that, oh, it's easy to strap those banners up there. I mean, you know, uh, this is a tough road. And if you get through this league, I don't care what place you are, if you're in the playoffs, you can make a run at the championship. Well, speaking of the Valley, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't realize that your first three national championships were won when you were an independent. And then your 97 championship was when you had entered the Missouri Valley. Right. And we were not first place in the Valley. Yeah. You know, why did you make such a strong push to get in the league? Well, you know, when you're independent, it's so difficult, you know, to schedule. Early on, the real good teams in 1AA, you know, the Marshalls and the Georgia Southerns and the Stephen F. Austins, and they would all play us. Well, then all of a sudden, when we were them, we, it was harder to get people to play. And, you know, creating those rivalries, creating those teams that your fans are used to seeing year after year, um, and that type of thing, it's always good to be a part of a whole. Independent is hard. Um, and, and 1AA, now FCS, has changed dramatically. Uh, you know. When we were there, it was Marshall, it was Georgia Southern, it was Boise State, it was Troy, it was Appalachian State. You know, those aren't part of that anymore. Uh, now it's North Dakota State and, you know, uh, South Dakota State, South Dakota, uh, James Madison. Although James Madison, we played them off and on back in the day, but uh, it's a whole different cast of characters today, you know, than it was back when we were here. My conversation with President Tressel continues shortly, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the Lineup Media Group offerings featuring your favorite sports and non-sports podcasts too. Now back to the show. How has college football changed since you were coaching? You know, how well they can throw and catch, uh, you know, the, the, the difference in the game, it's, it's, it's a little bit more spread out and a little bit more wide open. I think when you get down to the end, though, it probably gets a little bit more like it was back in the day, if you will. But, uh, you know, just how talented these kids are throwing and catching. And, and uh, uh, you think about their training in high school. You know, the high school programs are so much further developed than they were 20 years ago. Very seldom could you find someone that had receivers who were experienced or quarterbacks who had thrown thousands of balls. Um, now, you know, that, that's what high schools do. That's the good news. The bad news is it's harder to find linemen because no one in high school blocks anyone anymore. You know, and so how do you find any linemen who can block anybody? And if, when you get down to the end and everything we always talked about was not how are we going to be okay in game five or game six, but how are we going to get good enough to win the last game? And you're going to have to block somebody. You know, you're going to have to stop the run. Fourth and one is going to be a big deal. Uh, and not every play is a first and 10 with things all spread out and that type of thing. So the bad news is 
the training in the trenches probably uh, is a little bit, a uh, little bit less than maybe, you know, it was many, many years ago. Your friend and the voice of the Penguins, Bob Hannon, told me a story when you were the Ohio State coach and getting ready to play in the 2003 BCS title game. You know, Bob had told his boss he was gonna get a one-on-one -on -one interview with you. And you gave him one on Christmas Eve, despite national and Columbus media beating down your door. And the point of this is that you never forgot the people of Youngstown. Why is this place so special to you? I think anytime a place gives you a chance, you know, I'd been an assistant coach for 11 years. Uh, every assistant coach or most assistant coaches want to be a head coach, and, but those are hard to come by. You know, there aren't that many jobs out there. And, uh, you know, to give someone who's never been a head coach, you know, the chance to, you know, have that opportunity and have the patience as you were trying to figure it out. I mean, we didn't, people talk about those championships, but we were two and nine our first year. We were four and seven our third year. Uh, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't, you know, like magical. Uh, and so, you know, they, they gave us a chance. They were patient. They believed in what we were doing. Uh, but all in all, they were just good people. And, you know, you, you want to make sure that the good people in your life uh, remember that you know that they're good people. Many would consider you an iconic figure here in Ohio. Yet so many people tell me that you always remember their names and that you have this way of making them feel special. How have you remained so grounded over the years? Well, one thing that you learn in sport is that it's not about you, that really what's important is the team and uh, that really you're irrelevant without everyone else. And, and uh, that's a great reminder of sport. Uh, that's why being in group activity, whether it's on an intercollegiate athletic team here at YSU or on the, uh, the concrete canoe team with the engineering school, when you know that it's about the group, um, that's as valuable a lesson as you can learn in life. And, uh, you know, I learned that lesson early that, you know, it, it's whatever good fortune I've had was because of so many other people that uh, contributed. And, and uh, if it weren't for them, you know, those things wouldn't have happened. What do you think defines a good leader? And how do you feel like you live those qualities? Well, we talk a lot about leadership. Uh, and we talk about the fact that many people define leadership as, as a position or a rank or that type of thing. And we've always defined leadership as the action that you take to serve others. That's what leadership is. But sometimes society thinks, you know, if you're the, you're the head anchor at the six o'clock news, you know, you're better than someone who's just, you know, out on the street chasing the story or whatever. Uh, but that's not the case. Leadership is, is the action you take. And, and we've also often talked about the fact that one of the responsibilities of leadership is if indeed they have that opportunity to be in decision making while they're trying to serve others, like a head coach or a, or a vice president of a corporation, is that they help everyone around them understand the reality and the difficulty of the challenge and what it's going to take to do that that's a big part of our role and uh, you know we always wanted our teams to know just how hard it was going to be and and here's you want to do this okay you said that's what you want I'm here to try to help you do it now here's what it's going to take and that that's a real important part of leadership since taking over you've helped take Youngstown State from the red to the black financially you've increased enrollment 
donations are at record levels. Stambaugh Stadium is getting ready to undergo a renovation this offseason, in addition to other campus renovations and expansions in the future. What are you most proud of so far, and what are the biggest priorities going forward? Gosh, I've never really stopped and taken inventory of anything. You don't have time for that in coaching. You know, when one game or one season ends, you go recruiting. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm proud of, of how hard everyone has worked coming together, knowing it's not easy. You know, higher education is a challenge right now, most especially mid-level public universities where funding is down and so forth. And uh, just creating that, that environment, you know, to for us to be the best we can be and be very proud of that and, and it won't be easy and, and uh, uh, it, it's good to feel the energy you know on the campus that uh, uh, just like you see you know 972 people show up and put on a costume pay 20 bucks to put on a costume to break a record for their alma mater uh, you know that type of energy is, is, is a lot of fun. Whenever you and your wife decide to ride into the sunset what do you hope your legacy will be? Well. You know, I hope it's that wherever I was, whoever I was with, knows that I cared deeply about them, that uh, it was about what we could do on their behalf as an individual or on their behalf as an institution. And, uh, uh, you know, if that's the case, and I guess the other thing is, is that you always want to be remembered for doing what you said you would do. And, uh, you know, if, if we say we were going to work hard, we're going to work hard. If we said we cared about others, we're going to care about others and and uh, you know you want to be true to your word. How are you enjoying being president? Oh it's crazy busy you know it's it's breadth is so much wider than coaching you know coaching was kind of compartmentalized and uh, uh, this is just so much wider and you learn something new every day about someone's passion you know the in coaching you know what their passions are and you try to make sure they have other passions uh, the breadth of passions and the importance of things and you know six colleges and 13,000 students and 2,000 employees you know there's a lot of different things that are important to people and you learn about that and and your goal is to try to help each and every one of them well let's end with a fun question sweater vests used to be your signature look do you ever bring them back out oh yeah I've got sweater vests in fact now that the weather's turning cold I'll be I'll be doing the sweater vest nearly every day President Tressel, all the best to you, and thank you again for taking the time to join me on this busy homecoming weekend. All righty, my pleasure. I got to get down to that parade or I'll get in trouble here. If you like what you heard from Jim Tressel and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment and subscribe. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other podcasts, shows like Performance Nation and Chase and Pucks with Panger, to name just a few. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football's First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.